we are back. We are starting to reopen. It's a very exciting time. It's also a confusing time. We're going to talk about UV bulbs, how effective they actually are. Are they safe to use? Should you be sanitizing your skin with them? No, don't do that. It's, it's not good. But we're going to talk all about that. We're going to talk about our other opening procedures, the things that we're going to be doing differently since we have a few of our hosts who are now open or opening. And uh, also, uh, just as, a, as an aside here, for the little ad read portion, is classes are now available from FlowHelm, from your, from your local HelmBot. If you are already a member of FlowHelm, or if you want to, or if something's been delaying you for signing up for FlowHelm, just know that they can now take care of classes. So whether it's a yoga class or any other kind of group class, they can handle it. They keep expanding everything that they can do for float centers and for wellness centers. It's really exciting. So as always, you know, if you're not already signed up with them, you want to go to Float Helm and schedule your free tour and make sure that it's a good fit. For those of you who are, all, are already with them, just know that you can start expanding everything that you do right inside Float Helm. Check it out. Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Art of the Float, where float centers are starting to thrive again. I am Dylan. I am one of your co-hosts. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my lovely wife, Sandra, and we have purchased six UV lights for reopening. Hello, I am Gloria Morris, and I own Float 60 with uh, four locations in Illinois and Indiana, and I just purchased 12 UV handheld devices for my four float centers. This is Drew from New Hampshire Float, and I purchased zero UV lights for my <laughs> float center because I am real curious if you could just wave a magic wand and the UV light would be taking care of everything, and that's that. I just, I don't know. I need to learn more. Well, you have to shine it inside your body, Drew. Yeah. Uh, Kim? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is Kim Hannon. I own a Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana, and I purchased three UV lamps. Just three? Just three. Okay. What? Right. And I, I already had a little UV pod. So, yeah, just three. Did I you fake us out earlier? I don't know what you're talking about. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, I feel a side twist hustle. coming on. Kim's got a side hustle. I hope it comes out during this episode. I, I feel this a twist like a murder mystery on. episode. Yeah, we got an M. Night Shyamalan so episode. I am confused right now. <laughs> <laughs> Probably our listeners are as well. So we... Um, we are going to talk about UV lights for a little bit here. Uh, there, I think, are misconceptions about them and questions about them. We are not experts on UV lights, but I think uh, a lot of us have done research because of the situation that we're in, and we could probably bring to a little bit more <laughs> light to the situation than you might already have yourself. Um, and then we want to get into a little bit, we, we've talked about it uh, several weeks ago, but a little bit more about what we're doing to keep people safe at our float centers, you know, what kind of things have changed in our float centers going forward here. So, um, <laughs> right out of the gate uh, with Drew's comment, can you wave a wand around and everything be okay? Why isn't everybody doing that if that's um, all it takes? I mean, is that a good summary, Drew? You nailed it. Perfect. Nailed it. <laughs> I just imagine, I, I imagine someone kind of like leaning into a float tank with this light that they better not drop into the float tank and <laughs> right. like zip zap zoop everything's great and then yeah. i'd say well let me carry one of those around and i'll go anywhere i want to go and right. live life and life would be great but right. 
I don't know. Maybe it doesn't work like that. It Drew, might I'm, <laughs> no, I, I, I don't think it does. But Drew, isn't, correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't your wife worked at UMass for the last, like, two decades? Mass General Hospital. Mass yeah. General, yeah. yeah. And, and it, from what I understand, like, UVC light sterilization is a common practice. Have you talked to your wife about your beliefs behind the... The hype with UVC because I think she would have some serious facts, probably way better than us. You should invite her on the on the show. Well, we've talked about there being like a big system that some of the surgical places have, but they definitely don't have like a holster with a wand and they go in and right. wand down the surgical room <laughs> and then That's everything's the future fine. Of surgery. That yes. sounds well, awesome. coming soon. Yeah. They have robots actually. There are UV <laughs> robots that, this is no joke. No, I know, listen. I know, I know, it's so, just the way you said it. Yeah, it's crazy. So they are AI enhanced, artificial intelligence enhanced robots that go in and out of these treatment rooms. And they also have like this tent thing that this thing goes into to sterilize tools. Why is everybody laughing at me? I want to know. Everybody that's listening out there, I want you to know I'm being hazed tonight. I've been picked on. I don't like it. Cut it out. Is this true? Is this what you're saying is true? It's absolutely true. A robot goes in and waves the wand? No, they no. don't wave wands. No. Okay, so, so let's, let's stop let's there. Start, let's start. Yeah, let's, let's start breaking there. this down. Okay. So when okay. when a hospital is doing a sterilization, they have some crazy UVC bulbs that are blasting the whole room. Um, I don't know like how this AI light Roomba is working, but it probably does need to move around because if you shine it from one point, anything that doesn't get hit by that UVC light does not get what uh, what's the word disinfected. It's not they're sterilized. Sterilized. Right? So mm-hmm. um, that is probably why they're they're moving around. My understanding is they're very powerful as well um, because they are covering an entire room. You're in a hospital setting, and they would have to be mobile. And you can't. And so here's the other thing about the waving the wand thing: is it takes time, and particularly with these portable ones. Um, so they do testing on certain, uh, like kind of like what you would see for a float center, like kill logs for how quickly it's going to kill a virus or bacteria. But they don't measure it for everything that exists. And so you, I think you kind of just have to get a general idea, which is usually going to be about three minutes of direct UVC light exposure. So for for something to be sterilized. Which means like the pod that Kim is talking about, and this is something that I purchased myself as well, is um, uh, you could put your cell phone in there, you push a button, it turns on for three minutes, and then it's sterilized if you don't have like a case on it, that kind of thing. Like anything between the case and the grooves, all that stuff, not sterilized. But if, you're have, if you have clients still using um, pen and paper, you can have clients reusing a pen or a pencil um, by putting it in that box there. Now, with this, sorry, I'm bouncing around quite a bit here. There's a stipulation I should put out there, maybe stipulation isn't the right word, that we don't know what kills this particular virus. I mean, we know what that it's an envelope virus. We have some good ideas about how it could be killed, that it's not, um, doesn't survive well in sunlight um, with regular UV exposure, but. Um, Based off the research that I've done, and, and Kim and Gloria, I'm assuming that you would agree with this, considering you're buying lights, is that it most likely is killing COVID-19 as well, because COVID-19 isn't some super virus that's completely different than these others that exist. Like, it's the DNA and RNA is going to get ripped apart by UVC light. Good. 
I'm seeing heads nod, but nobody's verbally agreeing. Well, I need I mean, listeners to know that. You. <laughs> I, I still don't have, and you know, I'm going to make sure we communicate this to our guests that nobody knows exactly what kills this virus and how to stop it, right? So we're working under the presumption that this device which by the way, Drew, you, you don't wave it around. There are some that you do, but the ones that I think Kim probably bought, I bought are um, ones that you actually place in a room and it's like good for a 10 foot radius. And then you leave, you start it in the actual emission of this light and you know whatever particles come with that do not come out until you leave the room. You're supposed to leave the room and basically don't go back in there for 30 minutes. Some are 15, some are, I saw one that was even five. So I, I don't think there's anybody going in and waving this magic wand, right? It's not instantaneous. So in my opinion, even if it's not killing COVID-19, because we just don't know, I'm pretty sure my float rooms are going to be cleaner than not using them at all. And I brought up your wife just because I'm going by my dialogues with medical professionals and people who swear by the importance of sterilization with UV. And I was like, oh, okay, because I was a skeptic just like uh, you. Cool. You're married to one. Go, go interview her about this. I'm curious. So my understanding was that there was airflow HVAC stuff that was bigger. It just sounded bigger than being able to do it in a float center. The airflow, well, the size of the lights that you needed, how the there HVAC are some system of those. had to flow. Yeah, yeah I, there's, I, a, there's a there's a unit that you can buy, actually. It's about, I want to say, $400 the last time I looked. It's a unit that you can actually, you cut into the side of your AC, your HVAC unit, and you attach this on, and oh, wow. it will uh, sterilize the air that is running through there. And some centers yeah. already have that in place. Um, some place, you know, some businesses have that in place, but it helps, you know, to sterilize the air. So that's, I would say, not a bad idea. Yeah, um, we've looked at it. Um, you know, it's pretty affordable overall, but um, the ones that we got are about six inches. You know, they're handheld, they're rechargeable, which is awesome. Um, and the way that we use it is we run into the room, we drop it at the ledge. We have uh, wave float rooms. And so there's a ledge, open up the door, drop it right there on there, and it's going to hit everything, you know, towards the That's sides. That's exactly in the back. what we're doing. Too. Um, That's awesome. And then the we make sure, Definitely. yeah, we make sure to, because it, like Gloria said, if it doesn't see basically every square inch inside the tank, then it's not cleaning it. And so we know that, you know, it's, probably not getting as much direct exposure on the wall um, as we would like. And so we also hit that up kind of a, a double uh, double way made to make sure that we're actually cleaning that with H2O2 and, and all of our other, you know, spray cleaners as well. But we also run it a second time um, in the float suite itself. Our rooms are kind of an L shape and the cabins are built in. And so in order to get everything in the room, we need to run it a second time and we put it on our little amenity bench right there. So it's hitting the chair, it's hitting the bench. We've removed pretty much all of the amenities that we had, you know, cotton swabs and um, all of that sort of stuff and uh, makeup wipes and all of that. We've pulled those out of the rooms, um, but we run it twice. If we, because we only bought three of these lamps, um, we also figured, you know, if we don't have somebody coming in for all uh, three float suites, we can run two lamps at once. And so, you know, there are different configurations. We've tried it all um, just to play around a little bit. And it's been really, really awesome. These little things that we purchased also emit a little bit of ozone. 
And so mm-hmm. that is also going to help, especially in those areas that de- that it can't kind of see directly. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, it, the ozone will help as well. All right. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Zonia UV lamps. Yep. I, yeah, I, I really like them. They're tiny, fragile-looking mm-hmm. little devices, but I did drop one the other day, and I was terrified. Uh-huh. It has like a... It's got a plastic base with the UV bulb and there's like a little metal cage and it has a foam uh, piece, like I think two or three of them, I can't remember, that helped to kind of pad around the bulb into the metal cage. Ah. Um, and whenever I dropped it the other day, it survived and was perfectly fine. So I was totally happy with that. Um, but we run it twice in the float suites. And then once um, we go run it for, the, they'll run two, uh, two cycles and then I have to recharge it. As soon as it's recharged again, I run it in all of the common areas as well. Oh, wow, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Which and obviously isn't going to get everything, but it's just another layer it. of safety. Yeah. You got it. And then and, we have an ozone machine, a little ozone oh, wow. generator, a portable generator that was maybe 80 or $90. We run that at night. And if we have a huh. bigger gap during the day, um, because the little lamps run for 15 minutes, the ozone generator, you set how long you want it to run. Um, and it'll go up to three hours. And so we can do a huh. quick little 10 or 15 minute um, cycle, you know, if we have a break during the day. And then we can just open the windows and, you know, yeah. air it all out. Interesting. Okay. Ozone makes me a little nervous. So that's interesting to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because our tanks already have ozone. Um, mm-hmm. And so we're used to that. Um, the ozone is going directly into the water, you know, for the tanks, but the amount that's coming out of the little lamp is so small. And, you know, we also make sure that we're ventilating the uh, center, you know, before we open in the mornings. Mm -hmm. Um, We had it professionally treated before we closed and we just already had it scheduled um, to have the whole center professionally treated. Um, And theirs definitely makes me a little more nervous because when we walked in after it had been airing out for a little while, like it was still really potent. Like you could still smell the, it's nothing, but it, it, there's definitely a distinct ozone smell. Um, But I, I actually like the fact that it's there. We get tons of compliments about how fresh Mm. and clean it smells, Interesting, you know, and not, not perfumey. So, Mm -hmm, right. Yeah. (laughs) But we're, we're careful with it. We make sure that we're not going in there and breathing that in. And, um, you know, the ozone generator is a little bit more, um, we're more cautious around that than we are the UV lamps. The UV lamps, you press and hold the power button for three seconds. The little light bounces on or flashes on and then you put it down. It comes on 10 seconds later. Got so it. you have, cool. you know, 10 seconds to get out of the room. Gloria, are those what you so. ordered as well? The same lights? Yeah, me too. Cool. Mm-hmm. What, what's up yeah. here? Kim, so then how long is your transition time now? We have 90 minutes. So we, our floats are 75. So the guest takes about 90 minutes and then we added another 90 minutes after that. That is excessive. We recognize that, but we wanted to just have that chance to really talk to people and connect with people, especially as they're coming out for the first time after they've been, you know, at home for two months. Um, and it's going really, really well. What's also nice, I mean, we, we don't feel rushed. Our guests don't feel rushed. Mm-hmm. We still have time to chat with them without them. Nobody so far, I haven't had anybody hang out in the lounge after their session, mm-hmm. um, which kind of breaks my heart, but they're taking it seriously. They're abiding by the like no loitering and lingering kind of rules that are out there. Um, but we have plenty of time to get everything like done. Mm-hmm. And it just feels really nice. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm debating mm -hmm. changing my schedule to like two and a half hour blocks instead of mm -hmm. two hour blocks. I just yeah. I don't know if it'll get too confusing or not, but yeah. And part of it, we did three hours because we also have the salt cave running concurrently, and we wanted to try as best as we could to make sure that we don't have people who are coming out of a float while people are coming in for the salt cave. We do have one time block a day where it's possible, but so far it's been, you know, really close, but we haven't had that kind of overlap um, with our guests being in the area at the same time because our, our reception area is really, really small. Um, mm -hmm. And so far, when folks have come in, they've been wonderful about seeing that somebody's already standing at the desk and we have glass doors. So they just sort of stand back and wait until it's their turn. Hmm. Um, yeah. You know, I'm doing something completely different than ever before, um, and that is staggering my float times. I think I mentioned that I was going to try this, and it's a very scary thing where basically I'm setting up the timing where when the second person comes in, they are coming in when the floater should theoretically be ending their float and starting their shower. So the idea is to try to start, you know, the end with the beginning. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be tricky, but that's kind of our idea of making sure we're at 50% capacity without giving up the number of floats. That's cool. Interesting. Um, yeah. So I'm going to try it. And I also mm. think it's going to be interesting on the staff because the staff right now has two hours of downtime in theory with, with Northwest Indiana, we have cryo. So there's always this constant, um, you know, not all the time, but there's other things to do. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how the person, cause I'm running with one person starts one and you know, how they feel if, you know, if they feel right. rushed and so I'm prepared to put it back, but man, once you change the schedule and people start booking, then you're yes. screwed. Like you can't yeah. touch it. Right. Totally. So, it's going to be real interesting to see how this works Thursday. I will keep you posted. I am. So, oh, go ahead, Kim. I'm, I'm curious with the staggered schedule, though. What What is your plan? Like, if you have two people who want to float together, well, we have an option, or is that just. Yeah, so we have four. Yeah. So I've got two and two, basically. Two and two. Yeah, the only thing, the only time I think it's going to become a problem is when we've got uh, two people who want wave rooms and we've got the affiliate mm. and the wave room in one. So because of our multi tank structure it's going to be a little bit challenging to do that oh, i'm sorry <laughs> i'm talking okay for the audience i'm talking with my hands and i'm getting the stink eye from everyone on the call and the nonverbal cues to stop moving sorry we kept it all nonverbal it's perfect because we're professional and then i just so verbalized it all i <laughs> uh, love it um, i'm getting the middle finger here <laughs> that is never true. Um, That's our code signal. Yeah. <laughs> Can I? Uh, so this is great for me, by the way, because I am loving. Um, we, we might not open till June. Like we're well, gosh, we're all the way midway through May. We're definitely not opening till June, um, right? Wow. So like, it's amazing how late in the month we are already. Um, but uh, it's just great seeing what you guys are doing, and I'm like, cool. I can sit on this and see what's working for you guys, what you're doing before I uh, implement what we're doing, which is just quite nice. But I do, can I just go back to some of the UV light, the UVC lights uh, real quick? Because the, the initial thing Drew had asked about was wands. And so it sounded like all Drew knew about was wands. And we were talking about, 
robots that walk throughout your house <laughs> and, and find the, the dark spots. And, 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 okay, so we're talking about the, the lights that you can put in your, in your rooms and your tanks, and then we're talking about the pods you can put little trinkets in, and then we've got uh, the wands. And um, one reason I wanted to talk about this, uh, just because I think it was in Float Collective, I saw some people asking about the wands, and I saw what I would consider to be misinformation um, being put out there about how, like, oh, if you can hold it, then you know it's it's not going to be powerful enough to kill things. Like if it's not dangerous to you, then it's not dangerous to a virus. And um, I I don't believe that's actually true. I just think you are handling something that is less safe. Um, we I did order UV glasses for our employees to wear if they are using one of those wands. Oh, and smart. you do need to hold that for at least three minutes. Um, I I believe is the the minimum for like viruses. Like this is where I'm definitely going to lose. Um, any credibility for what I'm talking about, but um, it's not just something that you you just wave around a couch and all of a sudden it's sterile. Um, you have to keep the light on there for an extended period of time, which is just like a long time for anybody to be standing still, not really doing anything as an employee. So I will say the wand, I kind of got as just like a, we have this in case we want to use it, in case something comes up, it might look good to customers, just the fact that we have this. Um, but I do want to put it out there that they can be just as effective as these other UV lights that we're using. Just because it's handheld does not mean that it's it's not um, killing killing germs and viruses. I may get one of those as well. That's uh, you know a good point, especially for like the front desk, and they can be doing things while people are floating. So, yeah, if there's a recommended brand, that would be great if you could share that. I mean, there's so many out when, there, right? Yeah, I mean, and are you some guys are just getting pummeled with the ads? With for UV lights? Yes. Oh, it's ridiculous. Yes. Yeah, a million. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yep. Me Why too. Why am I not? Interesting. <laughs> okay. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, let's see. We here. have the little the little pod, and you know that's really helpful. Like we have, uh, we don't do pen and paper for anything, but you know we use an iPad for electronic signatures, and so having um, our stylus. Like you can run back, uh, you know, nice. we can drop that in our little pod. It's um, a lot of nail technicians, you know, and, and nail salons mm -hmm. use that sort of thing. There's some, you can look for like a UV bag. It looks like a little travel kit. Um, ours, though, is a, a pod that has a little lid that pops up and it takes about three and a half to four minutes um, to sterilize anything you put in there. We've been using that for earplugs for years, hmm. years, 18 months um, <laughs> since uh -huh. opening. Um, and, you know, we use that for just like random little things that we have around the center that we need to you know, just it. quickly sterilize. So, yeah. And it is nice in the pod handy. where you can just set it and forget it. Like, you come back and it's just done as opposed to, again, the wand you hold, which could be perfect for a keyboard, you know, between shifts, um, you know, before you go sterilize the keyboard for three minutes, something like that. Drew, did we answer your questions about UV lights? Do you, are you still a skeptic? What are your thoughts? Definitely. Uh, I don't want to say I'm a skeptic. It definitely looks like it does something, right? So <laughs> while, while you guys were you talking... you learn on this show. Yeah. While you guys were talking, <laughs> I went and pulled it up and I have three in the cart. So ah, I'd, say, nice. <laughs> I'd say I learned a little bit. And as, as I was looking at it, I'm like, I should get one of these for my house. So <laughs> I think I will add one to my house as well as the business. That's great. <laughs> I'm a germaphobe. I absolutely, like, ah, I had OCD right. as a kid hmm. and had real problems with that. So regardless of, you know, the, what we do, I'm always thinking about the germ. So when I learn something that I could do at the float center, I usually bring it to the house. So yeah, now I'm like, oh, this would be great. Denise will say, hey, you got to help clean it. And I say, I put the light on. 
I'm, I'm helping. <laughs> <laughs> We're good. <laughs> can, can I ask a question around what type of uh, sprays, speaking of stuff that we're cleaning with, uh, Kim, I know you mentioned a spray and then using H2O2 when, you know, you can't. So are you not doing the insides of the tanks because you're using the UV on the, on the ledge and then only doing the part where it can't see it, basically? Is that what you said? Um, not quite. So my process is basically I run in and I use force of nature. It comes in little capsules. So it's basically vinegar and water and whatever the water or vinegar and salt. And it runs through an electrolyzing process. And that creates hypochlorous acid and uh, sodium something. Sorry, I'm tip of the tongue right now. But, um, you know, it's it can help for the sanitization process. And so I spray that on all of the touch points immediately drop the UV in, and then I leave the room. Um, and then whenever I come back in, we also spray down the inside of the tank with H2O2. Force of nature, it, it doesn't go that far. And to cover the amount of you know surface that we have inside the tanks and cabins, um, it's just not enough. So the H2O2 does that part. And then you know I pull everything out at that point, take everything, and we take everything back. Um, we change out our ear rinse bottles. We change out, like, we have a little tube for um, petroleum or non-petroleum jelly, um, whether the washcloths have been used or not, and all of that. We we now we remove absolutely everything yeah. in the room. So we have a little tray um, that carries all of the small things. We've got a little jewelry dish that we use. Smart. And um, we take all of that kind of stuff and just swab out the entire space. You know, and then replace everything. Um, and what's nice is while the UV is running, we can be in the kitchen um, going through and cleaning and sanitizing all of the small parts, putting the laundry in. We did change our laundry process a little bit, too. Um, we used to sort everything by color. And now, because we don't want it necessarily sitting around all day waiting for a full load of one specific color, because I'm the odd one. I have teal towels and gray ones and white things. And now I have black um, makeup towels and all of that. We just throw everything in and we're constantly doing laundry throughout the day. Um, and that way we have less just stuff that's been used sitting around. Um, so we, we're we still using the UV, but also following up with H2O2 um, inside the tanks. So speaking of uh, laundry, have you guys, do you guys have any concern about the lint that's kind of backed up in your dryer or the washing machine sanitation itself and if so like what can you do about it one of my employees brought that up and suggested that we hire a professional uh, person that comes in and cleans that so i i didn't know of such a person and i don't i'm not sure you know what what it's going to mitigate so no no fear on yeah. that the thought crossed my mind of should we outsource laundry, and then I quickly reeled that back in. <laughs> Not outsourcing laundry, but yeah. like out, you're like having somebody come in and specially clean the machine. I've yeah. been thinking yeah. about encouraging people to bring their own stuff. This mm. might be a good time to, and and that would benefit a few different things to include costs, right? Is reduce cost. And hmm. with and that part of that is I've already had multiple people bring in their own stuff, people who used to not. And they said, oh, we'll bring our own stuff just in case. So they people I saw that was something I noticed that, OK, well, maybe we can say, hey, we'll provide it for you. But we do encourage you to bring your own towels. We'll have plastic bags for your wet stuff. You know, I don't think that would be an unreasonable thing for to say to people right now. 
you know, give them the option. But yeah, we encourage you to do that. I'm thinking about it. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a hard, it's that like finding that balance again. I'm always all about balance. It's the balance between making sure that people know that you're taking it seriously enough, but also the place where they still feel like they're getting something um, on top. You know, obviously they're getting flow therapy, but, but they're still getting that my experience and, has changed it is yeah. not the same right now i hope yeah it will be eventually but mm-hmm. that was all i prided myself on that whole experience yeah even yeah. after you get out it. right right and can i tell you guys one of my biggest fears was switching to a video orientation mm-hmm. um but you did but such given... a good job <laughs> can you tell so us about good. what you did excellent excellent it's yeah. so good well you know my concern was the size of our float rooms, most of us have really efficient footprints. And whenever you're trying to teach someone where controls are and all of that, you have to typically get pretty close to them to show them how everything works. And, hey, lean in here, that button right there. And that is just a little too close for comfort. Um, and so I recorded myself just going through my normal orientation spiel. Um, and then, of course, I hit some video editing snafus. And, you know, I do this stuff all the time. But it was super, super frustrating. And when I watched it back, it was just boring, honestly. It was really boring. And to think that, like, this is really important information, and we need people to pay attention. They need to know how to operate the equipment, how to keep themselves safe, how not to, you know, touch their eyeballs, and those just basic things. So um, I ditched the recording that I did of myself, and instead I do video animations. And so I... I uh, did a video animation, but I had started on this, honestly, a long time ago, and something told me to stop, and I had actually created graphics that basically mimicked everything that you actually see in my float center, and so it looked like it, but it was still the cartoon version of my float center, um, and there was still just this weird disconnect, so instead, I went through and I took pictures of all the different places, all the controls, the different rooms, all of that sort of stuff, and then put my little avatar cartoon in front of it and um, created our orientation there. So it's about uh, right around nine minutes long right now. And it kind of goes through like, you know, the run to the restroom first, the, the shower. We talk about some tips of, you know, how to make your float experience nice, all of the different options to customize, um, you know, the post float shower and all of those sorts of things. And I was really nervous, you know, putting this out there because we, we have a TV um, that I don't love, but we have a TV right now in the lounge um, and eventually we may switch to a tablet, but we didn't want that handoff back and forth of a tablet and yet another thing to clean and all of that. Um, and we have gotten so much positive feedback that people think it's cute. They're entertaining. So I hear people laughing um, and they find it very informative. And what's interesting, I shared it on our Facebook page and we have members and we have folks who have floated with us a long time. And Folks that I know, I said the exact same thing huh. to them in person. I didn't. But know they that. watched the video yeah. again, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I learned so much!" And you know, that was Funny. that was really great. It was good for people who have already been through orientation once to have this to go back to and you know reference and listen to again. So that has gone really, really well for us. And I was really worried about that personal connection missing. Right. Um, but we still have a chance to kind of talk to people and say, "Okay, do you have any questions?" No. Okay. And we still get to talk to them and, you know, help them back to their rooms if they've never been there before. You know, if they've been there before, we just say, here's your room. See ya. Have fun. (laughs) Kim, I got a question. 
What's your question? Will you do that for the for the float shop? We can talk about that. We can talk about it. Okay. <laughs> I've already. So what was so weird is I was going to do a video about our cleaning process, and I said to myself, you know, I wonder if Kim can do one of those little animation about the process of cleaning. And I sent her this, and she's like, did you see the video I posted yesterday? I'm like, no, what video? <laughs> and I went to go look at this first float video, and it was just so well done. I'm like, I need you to make me one of those. How much is it going to cost me? <laughs> um, because it's it really is just an extra precaution, and I think it's just people need to hear things two or three times, really, before mm -hmm. they grasp it. So it's such a great thing, regardless of we're in COVID-19 or not. Right. So well done. Thank Kim, you. is that something that you're willing to I, I mean, I don't want to put you two on the spot here, but is that something you, you'll do for other float centers? Or is, this, is it too big of a project to do? It, no, it's, it's no, pretty typically, awesome. yeah, I can do about one a week. And so the next mm. uh, two weeks are booked right now, but okay. um, they're super fun to do too, nice. you know, and I work with folks to really customize it. Um, so sometimes, you know, people want me to do the voiceover and it's my oh. avatar. Some people want their own, you know, personal ones. And so part of the fun is getting to create avatars for everybody. Um, you get your own little avatar and then you can choose if you want to do the audio, I can help with scripting or whatever on that. So yeah. Kim, can I just correct this. you on something? Um, your next five weeks. Are two. <laughs> <laughs> you got your two and then us three. So yep. the there next you go. Sorry, is sorry, five little, weeks away. The float gets first sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I got to be here live. <laughs> oh, I love it. Here's something uh, I wanted to ask before we close out. Are you guys requiring people to come in with masks? I think we talked about this before, but I'm curious if anything has changed. Great question. Mm. So, so, oh, go ahead, Kim. Wow, everybody, wow. Oh. You've yeah, already no. opened, so you're, yeah. you're, you're dealing with it day to day. I have a theory, but go ahead. Yeah, um, we ask people to wear them. Um, we've put it in our reminder emails, um, our confirmation emails. We've put it on social media and just ask people to wear them. Um, we aren't requiring them because we feel like we can still maintain a safe social distance and we're doing all of these other things mm. that are going to help. Um, I will also say another personal reason is I have asthma. Um, and the first night working at the center wearing my mask, I have a cloth mask with a reusable filter. Mm -hmm. um, the first night there, I had my first asthma attack in two years. Oh, interesting. Wow. And so Ugh, um, I'm sorry. I I get that some people have some issues with it um, and I'm still wearing my masks. So I just have to make sure that I'm stepping outside on a regular basis, getting some fresh air, you know, and stepping into the back areas and taking off my mask and, you know, doing some really good breathing exercises in between. So I felt like saying, I'm not going to serve you um, if you don't have it, wasn't the right answer for us. Um, I have friends whose businesses, are requiring it. I support that. I wear my mask where when I'm there. I wear it if I'm in public. I don't go anywhere besides home in the float center, though. <laughs> um, that's just my life. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's hard. I will say that we've had probably about 60 to 70 percent of folks have been wearing it. And um, even the folks who have not have stayed at a really good distance from us and they've still been cautious. They're aware of what they're touching, what they're not touching. So people have still been really respectful. Got it. You know, we've seen a lot of more folks using their elbows to open the doors oh, and, you know, some of those sorts of things. So yeah. Gloria, what's your theory? Yeah. <laughs> so the state of Indiana, I know did 
does not say it's required, so we highly recommend it. We will set the example and wear ours, um, but I worried about requiring and saying we require because that puts the employee in a really, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, just not a positive experience, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't want them to be mass police, but we want to put as much information out there that really encourages them and hopefully they'll see that we're wearing them too. But, you know, it's going to be, I think, a, diff- a difficult thing to force. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really a, a hot button topic uh, here in New Hampshire, at least. And, um, you know, I, I still don't even understand those rules. You don't, my understanding is you don't need it if you can maintain that social distance, even if you're indoors. So if you can just stay away from each other, do you need it? I don't know. But it definitely makes some people feel safe to have it. I don't require, I don't use the word require for it. Most people are wearing them or wearing something when they come in, or at least being very uh, space conscious of where they're standing and how we're interacting with each other. But I also, I made it so I'm making people wait in the in the parking lot. I go out, open the door. You are doing that, cool. Yeah, I am. And they could literally walk in right into the float room without touching anything. Wow. I can shut the door for them. And all they would have to do is open the float tank door and shut it and turn on the faucet. So I'm minimizing what they touch. But yeah, I don't require, but I wear one for sure. I wear my employees when they come back, if they come back, we'll wear one as well. Right. <laughs> That's a really good idea. Just something as simple as like leaving the float door open just a little bit so that they can just kind of pop the door open instead of using the handle. Yeah. Yeah. And Kim, you're the one who told me about the little foot uh, hooks mm-hmm. to open doors. We're starting to install yeah. those too. Yeah, um, it's it only works though if you don't have a latch. Like if your door has a knob and a latch, it doesn't work. Right. Um, I will say that our front doors are super duper heavy. Like we have the big commercial glass doors, uh-huh. and so that has been a little bit of challenge for some folks who don't expect it to be like right. you gotta pull it. <laughs> just like pulling a door with your hand. Um, we've had some folks who think that they can just kind of tap on it with their foot and it's going to open. I'm like, no, it's not automated. Oh, funny. <laughs> I wish, oh, I wish, but yeah. Um, but overall it's, you know, we have most people use the, the step and pull as well, but, uh, we have some other folks who, who haven't tried it and they don't really care, but yeah, I, you know, personally, I, I, it, it makes me feel a little better when people are wearing the masks, but, um, and I tend to keep conversations much shorter with people who aren't wearing them, mm-hmm. you know, but I can also understand to some degree why some folks aren't wearing them just from my own personal experience. All right. Dylan, what's, what's your, oh, what's your plan? Too, right? Well, yeah, the current plan... you have to, you have to share here. <laughs> uh, we the, all share in circle. Uh, the current plan is that we will require everybody to wear a mask when they come in. Uh, we are in Portland, Oregon. We have higher, we have had higher rates, especially Multnomah County where I'm at than, um, I think a lot of our listeners have had. And we treat, um, a lot of people with, um, vulnerabilities where I want to ensure, do my best to ensure their safety. And if that means somebody has to wear a mask, I'm completely fine with that. Uh, We will do our best to acquire masks that they can purchase when they show up at cost, um, to do that. So that's our plan. Yeah. And on that note, really quickly, if anybody needs to purchase masks, if you have an account with FAIR, which is a wonderful marketplace for retail products, 
There are tons of masks that you can purchase at wholesale. Um, some are the surgical masks. A lot of them are cloth and, you know, reusable uh, masks, but you can get them at pretty good deals, you know, and especially if you, you know, some places are reselling them. So we will include that link in the bio. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Or link in bio. Did I just say Instagram? Oh God. It's just in my <laughs> Instagram. head. Oh boy. Uh, we'll include that link on the webpage. Okay, cool, guys. Thank you so much for sharing. I appreciate it. Uh, again, what a bizarre time. I love that we're all putting our best foot forward to keep people safe in our different scenarios and different situations. I love it. Um, as always, love each other, love one another, and let's take care of each other. Um, I should not do that just yet. I am losing it. Uh, thank you guys so much, Gloria, Drew, Kim. I love this every week. I love being able to see you guys, especially right now during this time. It is really, really nice to see you guys. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this adventure, lovely float center owner listener or potential employee or just passionate floater. Thanks for listening. And um, thanks to everybody supporting us on Patreon. Truly appreciate it. If you want to go to patreon.com forward slash art of the float and you can see how you can support the float shop and also get sweet images and video to help support your own business and uh, let's see here thanks to float away www.floataway.com is where you want to go to check out all the different float tanks that they've got i mean float arounds float cabins all sorts of amazing stuff Ginny and colin are always innovating and doing what they can to improve the uh, float industry and the float experience it's also what they're using at liber the big float around float tanks they're a real beautiful float experience Thank you guys. As always, love one another, love each other, take care of each other, and we'll see you next week.